welcome to this week's edition of the Final Siren podcast. Thanks to Draft Central for all your pathway-related content across Aussie rules, basketball and netball. Visit draftcentral.com.au. Another big week of NAB League action. To help me review it, it's the Chief Editor of Draft Central, Peter Williams. How are you, Pete? Yeah, good. Great to be back here again after a huge weekend. Uh, 15 games played across the round, so it's plenty to get through. Just a couple to keep you on your toes. That's right. And also joining us, the women's footy editor at Draft Central, Sophie Taylor. How are you, Sophie? I'm good, thanks. (laughs) It's a bit reserved, a bit reluctant. Coming off another good week, tipping-wise, I hear. I'll take it. (laughs) Glad some of us do, though. That's a great way to start the podcast. All right, let's check out the NAB League girls' action from the weekend, starting with the Northern Knights and Sandringham Dragons. The Knights, 5-6-36, defeating the Dragons, 2-3-15. Yeah, it was a, a, an interesting contest. It was pretty close early. The Knights kicked uh, first goal of the game, kept the Dragons scoreless, and... Um, after that, it was pretty even until the second half. The Knights did only just lead at the uh, the main break before kicking three goals to one in the second half. But Sandy did kick their uh, the most goals that they've kicked this season. So they kicked the the two. They'd been struggling with just the one the weeks before. So it's it's a bit of an improvement. Um, obviously, uh, Sophia Rothfield kicked both of them, so she uh, came back into the side and proved to be that um, tall target down inside fifty they needed. Uh, Nell Morris-Dalton was great for the Knights as well. She also kicked two and had 15 disposals, uh, took a mark and laid 11 tackles. So her forward pressure was terrific. And and then you saw the likes of uh, the the typical, I guess, Knights who stand up with Gabby Newton, Brittany Gutnick and, you know, Ali McKenzie all, all having a good good performance out there. And, and then you had Alice Burke and Brianna Arnold, Sarah Hartwig, Winnie Lang, um, the regular names there sort of really popped up and it was terrific to see. And Chloe Saltry also played her best game of the, the weekend with uh, 11 touches and six tackles and four inside 50. So it was really interesting to see. But as we sort of all alluded to last week, the Knights got the job done. Up at Deakin Reserve in Shepparton, we have the Bendigo Pioneers defeat the Murray Bush Rangers 3-5-23 to 1-3-9. A two-goal to nil final term, helping the Pioneers get over the line. Yeah, it was a very interesting game. They were actually... um Pioneers were only up by one point at the end of three-quarter time. So the fact that they went on to keep Murray scoreless and kick those last two goals um, from Annabelle Strayan and... Jordan Jolliffe, um, that was really good for Bendigo to get that second second win for the season. Um, I think it's they're sitting at two and two now, so um, that's quite nice. <laughs> um, Brooke Hards was one of the best on for uh, Bendigo. She had 17 disposals and 11 tackles, so she was quite tough through the midfield. Um, and then Millie Brown was best on for Murray with 27 touches and six rebound 50s. So Murray put in the hard yards but just couldn't get over Bendigo this time. The Western Jets were held goalless on the weekend with the Eastern Rangers defeating them 7-4-46 to just three behinds. Yeah, like most of the games, it was a pretty windy contest throughout and uh, it was pretty tight up until halftime despite Western not kicking a goal. They kicked three behinds, but uh, the Rangers had only kicked the one goal too, so they only led by five points heading into the main break. But after that, they just put the foot down, kicked six goals to 38 to 0-0-0. 
Uh, so they really just went on with it, which is terrific to see because Easton have had the couple of wins leading into the round, but they hadn't really, I guess, put the foot down and, and really dominated a game. And on the weekend, they, they did dominate that game in the second half. So uh, Tess Flintoff continues to have a terrific season. She's played well the last few weeks and had another 23 touches, six more than anyone else on the field. She had six marks, a couple of tackles, four inside 50s, three rebounds. So that was fantastic. Um, Olivia Maher and Tani Brown, again, prolific through the midfield. Uh, for Western, Isabella Grant had the most touches with 17 and, and seven tackles. Uh, Izzy Pritchard had four rebounds out of defence. And Elizabeth Georgia Stathis, even though she was a bit down on her disposals and, and whatnot, she still had the 13 touches, four tackles and a couple of rebounds, spending some time in defence. So uh, Laura McClellan played one of her best games for the year, kicked a couple of goals from 10 disposals. And Serena Gibbs, the former netballer, was named uh, best on by Easton with her two goals. Uh, and 11 hit-outs as well as five tackles. In another game uh, in round four, that aside was held goalless on the weekend. The GWV Rebels only getting five behinds on the scoreboard. The Geelong Falcons, 4-17-41. Could have been a much bigger margin in this game, the way of the Falcons. Yeah, if the Falcons had been accurate in front of the scoreboard, it would have been a real bad one for the rebels <laughs> as not as like that's the easiest way to say it honestly um yeah it was a little bit of a frustrating game when you look at that score line um 17 behinds is just not very good um that being said there were some really good performers on field luca lazoski hay was a standout with 31 touches eight marks but she did have three behinds so um did contribute to that score line but unfortunately wasn't able to convert um, and then for the Rebels, uh, Nikayla Butler was really good. Um, 21 disposals, four marks, six rebounds. Um, and yeah, it was a little bit of a wet game. So it was always going to be on the inaccurate side, but um, the Falcons will be ruining those missed opportunities. Not like they need a percentage booster at all when you look at the ladder at the moment. And uh, good to see Ballarat, cold, wet and I windy. I was going to say, I think we can relate to the cold, wet and windy Ballarat weather. So we know uh, exactly <laughs> what it would have been like up there. That match at City Oval too, so a little different venue. Without the stands, so even more wind and <laughs> wild weather. The Dandenong Stingrays, 6-12-48, defeating the Gippsland Power, 4-2-26 in the game down at Morwell Recreation Reserve, a 22-point victory to Dandenong. Yeah, sim- similar to the other game, they had the uh, they had 18 scoring shots, kicked six goals, 12, so they could have um, put even more pressure on the Power. Uh, the Stingrays did pretty much have the game done, though, by the final break. They'd kicked the five goals, 12. And then Gippsland, to their credit, really came hard in that final term, never gave up and kicked a few goals to cut the deficit down to 22, which is fantastic to see. They're always putting the, in their all. And their defence is really strong, Gippsland, so it is hard to score against them at times. Um, Megan Fitzsimmon had the 26 disposals, five marks, four tackles, six inside 50s and five rebounds and, and kicked a goal. So she, she was really prolific. Madison Shaw, another halfback and, and captain of the side, had the 17 touches and four tackles, six rebounds. Uh, and Chandra Abrahams also had it, was impressive for the power with 16 touches, five tackles, seven inside 50s. Well, for the Stingrays, it was really balanced across the board. Isabella Shannon had the 17 touches, um, you know, and she's uh, been busy up forward, kicked a couple of behinds, so could have, uh, I guess, 
added a few majors to her total, had four inside 50s as well. And Tiana Smith, 15 touches and a goal, as well as seven inside 50s. She was terrific once again, and Brooke Vernon in defence as well. Uh, look, it, it was another, I guess, day at the office for Stingrays. They were unlucky not to win that first-round match against Easton, so they could have also been undefeated this season. But they're, they're tracking very nicely, and they're right up there and, and looking in good contention for a final spot at the end of the year. The Calder Cannons suffered their first defeat of the NAB League girls season, going down by 10 points out at Rams Arena to the Oakley Chargers, as tipped by me last week. Just putting that and in there. me first. 7-2, to 5-4, Yeah, Calder had a really good second half, but unfortunately just couldn't overcome that first half deficit. They only kicked the one goal and the one behind in the first half. Um, compared to the Oakley's four goals and one behind. So, um, yeah, it was just a bad start by Calder and they just couldn't get back into it. Um, There were two multiple goal scorers in the game, Emily Harley and Talia Gillard. Both kicked two goals apiece, so they really contributed to their sides. Um, Also good on the ground, um, Gloria – sorry – Gloria Alamali, 12 disposals, seven tackles and a goal for Calder. And then Gemma LaJoya had the 21 disposals and a goal for Oakley. So other than that, it was a fairly even game, especially in the second half when Calder were kind of coming back into it. Um, It was only a 10-point deficit in the end, but it was their first loss of the season. So Calder will be a little bit frustrated with that one. It does because it means they dropped to third on the ladder. Now the Northern Knights jumping up into second. Falcons still on top. Percentage, 545% after four games of footy. That's pretty remarkable. The Dandenong Stingrays in their little good patch sitting in fourth position on the ladder. The Eastern Rangers in fifth with three wins and one loss as well. The Oakley Chargers with the draw sit in between the Rangers and the Bush Rangers, who are 2-2. Two and two. Pioneers also 2-2. Two and two. The GWV Rebels are ninth on the ladder with one win for the season so far. And then you have the Dragons, Power and Jets yet to get on the board with a victory in 2019. Taking a look now at the Draft Central Rising Star for Round 4 in the NAB League Girls competition. Who is it, Pete? Yep. So this week, the uh, Draft Central Rising Star was Luca lazowski Hay from the Geelong Falcons. Had a competition record 31 touches. Obviously, they only kept stats this year, but 31 touches beats Elizabeth Georgia Stathis's previous best of 28. She had eight marks, one tackle, and three inside 50s. Uh, missed a few chances on a goal kick, three behinds. Uh, but a, a crucial part of that Falcons lineup in the midfield, assisting Lucy McAvoy, uh, Mia Skinner and, and Paige Shepard, and all through that, the, the girls that rotate through that team, they've got plenty uh, there. Laura Gardner's another one, and Darcy Maloney as well. So there's no... No shortage of talent in there, and Lazowski Hay p- provides a really good role inside midfielder. She would have thrived in the the windy and wet conditions at City Oval, so I, I think she pretty much plays for those who are wondering that sort of similar role uh, that Liv Purcell played last year, just getting it in uh, from I guess the midfield and just getting it out to the to the runners on the outside, but. 31 touches in a 60-minute game is absolutely remarkable because considering most AFL matches are probably, say, 120 minutes, that's equivalent of about 62 touches if we look at it that way. So it's a fantastic effort. Certainly is well done. Uh, We're now going to have a chat with Brooke Hards from the Bendigo Pioneers. What can you tell us about her, Pete? 
Yeah, she's had a terrific season this year. She's really become an integral part of that midfield. Played a bit in defence and um, at times, but mostly plays midfield and, you know, can get on the scoreboard as well. So she's played a few defensive roles and is able to win win the clearances and she loves a, a good tackle. So she's certainly a player to keep an eye on throughout this year and next. So just a few questions. So how did you start your football journey? Um, I made the V-Line Cup, which played two games, one down at Morwell and the other one down at Terrelgan. Um, I came from like um, Mujura from netball, kind of always was a netball basketball girl. And I was like, oh, I'll give footy a go and um, got in contact with them and went down to Swan Hill for a tryout and just made the team. And then after that, made the, um, tried it for the Benigno Pioneers and made that last year and that was my first season with football. And so how has that been coming from netball basketball background now into footy? Yeah, it was very different, big difference. Um, you're actually allowed to, you know, touch people in this yeah. kind of sport. But, yeah, it was pretty good, a bit different, got to try and adapt to it. But footy just mainly like running and kicking the ball. Kicking was my hardest, try to learn how to kick a football. But um, other than that, it was not too different or too bad. But just the techniques that you have to do with football and the tackling where you have to tackle them was a bit of a challenge to do. And what was it like playing in the V-Line Cup? V-Line Cup, oh, it was a bit of an eye-opener. I'd never heard of girls' football before. I got down in Mildura and I just thought, oh, you know, go down there and have a go. And there was girls, there were massive girls down there. And I was like, I'm going to get crushed. And because it was my first game of playing football, like an actual football and, you know, representing the Benio Pioneers, it was a bit of an eye-opener because um, there's a lot of talent out there that you don't even realise. And so how has last season to this season changed for you? Well, I reckon um, our team work together and our team group was, is becoming a lot stronger. And because now I know the girls, most of the girls this year um, from last year, we have kind of have a better bond, if you know what I mean. Um, and because I only train with like seven girls from down Mildura and then coming up to Benigo, um, you're just trying to interact with them all and trying to get to know who they are. And it's, it's different because... I made Vic Country last year and four of us girls from the Benigo Pioneers made the Vic Country so us four became really close and then now that because I didn't have anyone last year when I went in there, this year I do and you just, you feel more comfortable. Yeah and so what are you hoping, um, what are you hoping to get out of this year as, as a club? Out of a club, more, more wins, I only won one game last year so hopefully to win a bit more games. Um, our first game we lost by five points, which is a big, big difference from last year when we versed the Murray Bush Rangers. We lost by like at least 50 something, so that was pretty good. But um, hopefully to play the AFLW, hopefully I'm only I'm only 16. I turned 17 in July, so hopefully you know get my name on the board a little bit and hopefully to just prove my skills and just keep going up. And you're talking about proving your skills. Is there any area that you're hoping to improve on a little bit more, just to focus on? Yeah. Um, I reckon because I play midfield, play more of a defensive role kind of thing and attacking role, but I reckon it's just my kicking, you know, just a kick to kick, you know, hard, low kicking. Um, my handballs are going not too bad, but also, you know, when I'm on the field, try and not, you know, lose my player and all that stuff and always, you know, be at where the contest is and not just float around everywhere. So just try and keep him with the, with the ball. And is there any other position you're hoping to try out? Um, well, I don't really like the back the backman but um you gotta stay on your girl and it's pretty hard sometimes my um the forward's not too bad i'm all right with my kicking but midfield is just where i reckon i'm at excellent well thank you so much really appreciate it that's Cheers. okay thank you thank you the bendigo pioneers brooke hards there speaking
at the recent NAB League testing, thanks to Rookie Me. Time to take a preview now of round five action in the NAB League girls competition on the weekend. And we start with the Cannons going up against the Murray Bush Rangers at midday on Saturday. Yep, the up at uh, Rams Arena is a nice home ground advantage for Calder Cannons there. They've, uh, I think that, you know, they should bounce back from their loss last week. Uh, obviously, without Georgie Prasparkas last week was a key out. And they, they nearly got there in the end on the weekend. But I think they will be too strong for Murray, who have shown some good signs. But at home and, I guess, a, a bit uh, fired up after their first loss, I think the Cannons will get the job done. Yep, I agree with that. I think Cannons will go for it. Cannons for me as well. The Stingrays are taking on at the Geelong Falcons at Frankston Oval, 1 o'clock on Saturday. That's actually our change just this week. It's a part of a doubleheader now at Dovedon. Cranbourne Way. Uh, so, Danny Long, Geelong are the first game there. And look, I'm going to opt for Geelong in this game. I think this is going to be the match of the round because Danny Long are a really improved side and... I think they'll be prepared to take on the benchmark team in in the comp. But Geelong, when they're challenged, they just find a way. They just find another level, and I think they've got another gear to go to. So I'm definitely tipping Geelong in this contest. I was thinking Geelong, but looking at where Dandy's sitting on the ladder, I think I'm going to swap over to Dandy this week. Ooh, tipping the upset. Uh, Did you notice where Geelong is sitting on the ladder? Or? <laughs> yes, I okay. do have that written down, but... <laughs> I'm switching it up. No, it's a, it's Can't a good chance. Can't all have the same tips each week. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> Thank you, Sophie. Uh, I'm going to go with the Geelong Falcons. Uh, whilst the Stingrays have been impressive mm. over the last couple of weeks, the scoreboard dominance, albeit a little inaccurate on the weekend given the conditions for the Falcons, uh, I think they'll just be too strong. Next match now, I believe this has also changed as well. Yep. The Sandringham Dragons and Oakley Chargers. Where and when is that? They're at, they're at Doveton straight after. So if you want to head down to Doveton, you can uh, have a day out at the footy and have a couple of games there because uh, the boys have now moved to the Trevor Barker Oval, which we'll cover later. Uh, but Sandringham and Oakley, always a good contest between these these sides because they know, they know each other. A lot of the players, uh, you know, part of the... Uh, school footy as well, like both the girls as well as the boys. So in this game, obviously Sandy yet to get on the board. Oakley have been playing pretty well. Oh, I sort of feel like there's an upset brewing sooner or later. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I actually might go Sandy in this game. You did this to me last week. Don't tell me. Don't I was. <laughs> no. I, oh, geez. No, I think the Sand, they're due. I think mm. they've... Even though the scoreboard doesn't reflect it, I get the sense that they're making improvements mm. week on week. I think the Chargers have a bit of confidence coming out of their victory against the Cannons. Yep. And I think maybe their mindset might not mm. be where it needs to be on Saturday. So I'm going with the Dragons. Wow, okay. Well, I'm going to go with Oakley because <laughs> they had a really good game against Calder. They had the upset against Northern where they had a draw. So, yeah, I'm going Oakley. I don't know what you guys are on about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got the Bendigo Pioneers and Gippsland Power, 11 o'clock at Epsom. Yep. Uh, One game that hasn't changed, venue. Yeah, every other game has, but no, they're, they're there at 11 o'clock. I'll be up there for the uh, great clash up there. I was there last year and... These two teams had a great battle last year. Gippsland got over the line. In this game, though, uh, I, I, I'm torn. I'm going to go with Mr. 50-50 over here. Like, uh, 
been that Mr. 50-50. Um, but I will go with Bendigo. They're in great form. They're at home. They can make it three wins, and that's a terrific season. I'm going Bendigo. I'll go Gippsland then. <laughs> I, I think. I, I think that uh, sounded very Soph-like. I, <laughs> I'm backing it up here with insight. Okay. I, I think you're right. This is a, a borderline game, and I think Gippsland will be able to get the job done. Uh, next up, we have the Western Jets and the GWV Rebels in the final game of the round. Second final game of the round. Second final Williamstown. game. Williamstown, there was a game that got moved. Knights and Eastern. Right. Yep. So, anyway, in this game, the second final game of the round, the Western versus Rebels, I will be going with the Rebels down at Williamstown. Although, at the same time last year, Western did knock off Eastern at this very grand. So I'm excited to see what can happen, but I will go West. I'll go GWB. I'm going to go Rebels. I think they did a really good job against Geelong, made them kick those 17 behinds. I mean, didn't really make them, but <laughs> but they put the pressure on. Um, yep. Geelong could have played a lot better, but GWB did go- do a really good job defensively. So, yeah, I'm going for the Rebels. And that game is at Downer Oval, Williamstown. Mm. So not Burbank as originally scheduled. Mm. Well, they changed names, so it's in Williamstown. So it's still the same. Well, they're, still, they're in Williamstown, so it's in the same same suburb. I can't keep track of them. Williamstown, I don't know. Williamstown Footy Ground. I, that, that, I, I assume that is the same one, but yeah. I, I think it is, I think it is I, a, a new naming rights. Yeah, answer. that's the Just thing. It is Burbank. Could, I still call it Burbank, and it's been different since Burbank. <laughs> So uh, it's Cadinia Park in Geelong too, by the way. Uh, Windy Williamstown. Yeah. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. And all the Knights are taking on the Eastern Rangers Latrobe University in Bandura. That match kicking off at two o'clock. Yeah, got another one right. Well, under my always tip, Northern Knights. I think that pretty much goes with out saying Northern Knights in this game. Eastern have been steadily improving, and they could do an Oakley and and cause an upset. But I think I'll go Northern. Um, yeah, I might switch to Eastern this week. I was going to tip Northern, but Eastern is sitting fifth on the ladder. They've had a few players who kicked a few goals um, over the last week or so. So, yeah, I'll just I'll just go with Eastern. Northern Knights too strong for me. I'm th- I think uh, it's shaping up to be a Falcons Knights grand final the way it's going. I think the only other one that can really get in there at the moment is the Calder Cannons. Danny Long. Mm. Ooh. Dan- yeah. I know they've been good. I don't think they've no. been that good. I think do they if they play each other, I think Danny Nong will give it a shake. We'll mm. Keep an eye out for that. <laughs> Seems legit. I'll take it. <laughs> so that's it for the Nab League girls for this week. Uh, round five action. They are kicking off on Saturday. We're going to take a break. Very shortly, we'll have a full review of the Nab League boys round two and a preview of round three. Round two of the NAB League Boys competition created a bit of history on the weekend with the six interstate sides participating in the competition for the first time. It's also Division Two of the Under-18 Championship Series with the Sydney Swans, Brisbane, GWS, the Northern Territory, Gold Coast Suns and Tasmania battling it out for a separate trophy in addition to NAB League competition points. And, of course, the Devils are in for the whole season. 
Saw on the weekend uh, at Blacktown International Sports Park, the Sydney Swans hanging on to a fast-finishing Tassie Devils lineup, 7-14-56 to 6-6-42. Errol Goulden was one of the best players on the park on the weekend, collecting 33 touches and kicking two goals, as well as providing a bit of excitement every time the ball got in his hands. Whilst Matt McGuinness was one of the best for the Tassie Devils, the GWS Giants Academy went down to the Brisbane Lions... 14-12-96 14-12-96 to 10-10-70. A fast-starting Giants were unable to hang on in the end. Liam Delahunty kicking three goals in the first two quarters, while Tom Wishnat kicked four goals in the second half to help set his side up. Will Martin consistent with 30 touches as well. The Gippsland Powell went down to the Dandenong Stingrays, 10-11-71 to 9-11-65. The Stingrays' second week in a row where they won by a major. Just a little stat there to kick the season off. <laughs> season off. The Bendigo Pioneers. This was a little upset. 9-14-68, defeating the Murray Bush Rangers. 9-9-63. The first time in 15 years the Bendigo Pioneers have defeated the Murray Bush Rangers. Back up in Blacktown International Sports Park, the Gold Coast Suns Academy defeated the Northern Territory 12-10-82 to 5-8-38. We had the Dragons, comprehensive victors over the Northern Knights, 12-10-82 to 5-9-39. The Western Jets, they went down to the Eastern Rangers, 13-19-97 to 5-4-34. And the Greater Western Victoria Rebels got a one-point victory, 8-16-64 to 9-9-63. And in the final game of a big round two in the NAB League, boys, the Oakley Chargers, 10-9-69, defeating the Cold Cannons, 7-4-46. Big weekend of NAB League, boys, action, Pete. The highlight for me, I was at Blacktown International Sports Park on Saturday to see Earl Goulden's performance 33 touches, played great along the wing in the midfield. It was an outstanding performance from him. Yeah, it was. He's uh, a real standout up there, and he stood up. He's a bottom major. He actually took out the MVP last year for the 16, so uh, in that Division 2 carnival. So certainly one to watch. I expect he'll make the ally side for the national championships as a bottom major. And along with the stats you read out earlier, 33 touches, he had six marks, three tackles, couple of clearances, eight inside 50s and booted two goals, one. So a real complete day out from him. Your highlight for the round, Pete? Uh, My highlight for the round was uh, the GWV Rebels winning a close game because last year there was so much heartbreak back there um, because they were up in uh, front quite a few times late in the game and they just couldn't quite get it done or teams would run over the top of them. So for the GWV Rebels to come up and actually win against the uh, Geelong Falcons, a team that, yeah, they, they didn't play that well in the first round, but, you know, they booted three goals, six to just three behinds in that final term. So for GWV to actually finish the game off, it, it was really great to see because they were behind at the final break and just finish it off really well and, and took it home by one point. Means a winless start to the year for the Falcons as well after going down to the Bendigo Pioneers 
in the opening round of action, which I believe was your highlight of the round, Sophie. Yes, I'm pretty chuffed with Bendigo because they've won two games to start the season and I've won two tips because I've tipped <laughs> them both times. So that is my highlight for this week, um, getting that second win um, and having a really nice, strong start to the season. It is a great result for the Bendigo Pioneers because, as we've alluded to in the last couple of programs, they do find themselves in a strange situation compared to the other Victorian clubs in terms of the sparse land that they cover up in the northwestern region of the state. Um, to bring a group together to get two good wins on the board early in the season against two fairly strong lineups mm. um, is very impressive and well done to everyone up at Bendigo. Yeah, for sure. And looking at looking at the the pioneers overall, it, it was quite a seesawing game because Murray kicked five goals to two in the first term, so they raced away, and we thought, oh, here's they're, they're setting up after an unlucky loss last week. But then Bendigo reeled them in, booting. Uh, you know, the three goals to zip in the second term. So that was uh, quite an interesting one. So they actually hit the front in that for that quarter. And then Murray won the third uh, by five points. And then uh, Bendigo turned it around again to win the last quarter by four. So they, you know, they were only leading by a point at the final break and, and won by five. So they managed to hold on enough in that final term uh, they booted the 2-3 to 1-5. So they had one less scoring shot in that final term, but they managed to get the job done. And to be honest, Murray dominated the stats sheet more so than Bendigo. But the big thing that I, I think looking across it is the clanger kicks. Obviously in the wet, uh, Bendigo just had the 12 clanger kicks compared to 20 for Murray. So that doesn't help when you're trying to, uh, I guess, kick a winning score when you're kicking it to the opposition. Uh, but... Overall, it was a pretty even contest across across the board. Uh, Murray won a lot of the key stats. Bendigo had 47 inside 50s to 37, so that was probably the other one. Although Murray were pretty prolific in terms of rebounds with 38 to 28. Uh, across all areas, though, Bendigo marginally won the contested marks 10 to 8. Uh, but, I mean, Murray had more touches, 38 more disposals. Um, they had you know, 32 more kicks. So that was where the bulk of it came from. Uh, Contested-wise, Bendigo marginally plus three, but uncontested Murray played that kind of brand and kept it off him. But at the end of the day, the uh, only stat that Bendigo needed to be in front on was the scoreboard, and that's exactly what they were. Speaking of hitting the scoreboard, a player that kicked three goals in the opening round of the NAB League competition, 19-year-old Riley Bowman. He's got an interesting story, doesn't he, Pete? He's won a premiership with the Dandenong Stingrays, has come across to the Sandringham Dragons for the 2019 season. Yes, it's terrific to see, I guess, 19-year-olds get a chance, and he's been one of the a number of players that have crossed sides to maybe, I guess, play full-time in a role that will help him uh, achieve his ultimate dream. So uh, we chatted to him at the NAB League Fitness Testing Day, and here he is. All right, so how's the day been so far? Um, yeah, it's been good. Good to see like all the other testing teams as well, but um, seems good performances from our team, which has been good. And what has been your strengths and weaknesses so far? Um, weaknesses was probably the 20 metres so far. It was a bit disappointing, um, but my agility was decent, which I was pretty happy with that. And what are you hoping for this season? Um, more consistency last year was a bit up and down, 
um, hopefully have a consistent year and we'll see what happens. And what's it like uh, training with a new group? Yeah, it's been good. They um, welcome me with open arms. Um, got to adjust to all the new kids and meet new people, so it's been really good. And what are you most hoping to improve on this season? Um, my physicality, like having a like dominance in the air and on, on the ground, so I hope that's the main one. And any main goals for this season? Um, oh, another premiership would be nice, but um, individually having a good consistent year, getting some VFL under me, so that'll be good. Excellent, thank you. Riley Bowman there speaking with us at the recent NAB League testing. You're listening to the final Siren podcast thanks to Draft Central. A reminder to check out draftcentral.com.au for all your content related to the NAB League boys and girls competition. The Draft Central Player of the Week this week for the NAB League boys, Pete, came from the Eastern Rangers who had a dominant performance over the Western Jets on the weekend. Yeah, Mitch, Mitch Mellis was the standout player across uh, that match and he had 35 disposals, four marks, four clearances, five inside 50s and booted three goals. So he really stood out. He's probably playing forward in the forward half more for this season. He obviously got a lot in the midfield in this match, but he will probably settle into that forward 50 because he is on the uh, shorter side. So uh, playing as a small forward is what the role will look like uh, should he get drafted at the end of the year. So it'll be important for him to... I guess, continue that upward trend and, and has no trouble finding the ball, obviously. And he he lays plenty of pressure, although he only had the one tackle, but normally he has a lot more than that. So it's uh, impressive to see him put in that kind of performance, particularly on a weekend where it is a bit wet and windy and everything like that. So I think he was certainly a standout across the weekend. Who are some of the other players that caught your eye across round two of the NAB League boys competition? Yeah, well, we met, we've already mentioned Errol Goulden. Uh, he was terrific uh, up in New South Wales. And uh, another player who was great up there was Tom Green. J- sorry, just to butt in there on Goulden, an underager or mm. a bottom-ager. He's he, outstanding. He was, yes. He's uh, He's still got another year to go. So I think he'll be a top prospect if he keeps that up. Like I said, he won the MVP last year for the Division Two side. So he's clearly got that talent. Keeping in mind, you know, that the likes of, you know, your Taron Thomases and all that were sort of dominating in those Division Two stakes. Uh, so he could be on that kind of path, but there's still another, obviously, 18 months till he learns of his fate. So he's got plenty of time to go. Uh, but of those who are this year, Tom Green was another one who stood out. We spoke about him briefly last week. Uh, as someone who loves or uh, loves the contested ball, he had 18 contested possessions from his 29 disposals, nine clearances, seven inside 50s, and four rebounds. So he's going to be a top prospect. I've got him sitting firmly in that first round area. So I think he's going to be one to keep an eye on. Of course, GWS aligned. Yeah, and he had a very consistent performance on the weekend in a Giants side that faded out in the game. He was one that held up for the four quarters. Yeah, he's uh, the Giants have those couple of top end prospects along with Liam Dallahunty, so they they're sort of they might not have the depth of some of the other academy teams, but certainly they've got a couple of prospects there that'll probably cost them a little bit if they're going to hold on to them. So that's great to see. And another player I wanted to raise, he only played the three quarters, was Thompson Dow from Bendigo. We mentioned Bendigo before, but he had the 24 touches uh, in those three quarters, as well as four marks, four tackles, seven clearances, two inside 50s and a rebound. 
and then the other player who we mentioned last week is the player of the week, Noah Anderson had 44 disposals. And if that doesn't blow you away, how many do you reckon he had in the second half? I'm going to say at least half. He had 28. Oh, it's close. In the second half alone. 28 touches. 28 touches in a half of football. 14 in each quarter. I don't know. That is remarkable stuff. And along with the 44 disposals, he had three marks, booted two goals two, five tackles, ten clearances, five inside 50s, two rebounds, and probably going to collect pick one at the end of the year the way he's going. That's terrific. It's not fair, is it, that someone can be that talented? Has he overtaken Matty Rowell, who was on the lips of everyone as being potentially the top Mm. draft pick? We're only two rounds into the season, but has Noah Anderson overtaken him? Well, this is the interesting thing, and I was speaking, uh, Michael Alvaro, part of Draft Central, this week about the fact of Anderson versus Rowell, and I think the, the, the key difference is Rowell is the most consistent player you'll ever find. He never has a bad game. Anderson, though he's had a couple of terrific games, he can be unbelievable or he's just got to find that bit more consistency. Now, this year so far he's been terrific, but certainly in the first couple of games he's been superb. But I do think he's more eye-catching than, than Rao. Rao has a great sidestep. He does a lot of things that you don't expect because he's such a hard player, Rao, that you sort of expect him to be a bit of a, I guess, chuck it on the boot, get it in there. And he doesn't. He does a lot more. He's a, he's a great kick of the footy for someone who finds so much ball on the inside. And I'd say he's probably the better kick of the two. Uh, Anderson's more dangerous inside 50. As we've seen, the way he hits the scoreboard. So that's an area that I guess Rao can improve on, hitting the scoreboard a bit more. But right now, I've probably got them one and two, to be honest, Anderson and Rao, which will be great for Oakley. But of course, you, you've got to factor in the likes of, you know, your Tom Greens from Interstate or Cameron Tahini, Will Goulds, a couple from SA, uh, Jeremy Sharp and Luke Jackson from WA. You've got quite a few all Interstate. But certainly, in terms of consistency so far this year. Anderson and Rao have been terrific. And there's a long way to go in the season as well, plus championships. Let's now hear from Noah Anderson. We caught up with him at the recent NAB League testing, thanks to Rookie Me. Just a few quick questions about testing day, things like that, Noah. So uh, we'll get started. And uh, I guess, how do you think you've gone today? Um, Yeah, it's been all right. Um, Been pretty happy with my results so far. Pretty I um, did, did the test a few months ago, so pretty similar, so yeah, it's been good. Yeah, anything you're looking to improve on in, in particular? Um, been trying to work on my speed, so just doing a few sessions, trying to get that up a bit, so it's just slowly getting up, so yeah. Yeah, good. obviously as an inside mid, um, someone who's got a decent balance as well, do you see that, that speed something that you can really utilise on field? Yeah, yeah, something like bursting out of stoppages and that kind of stuff, so when you have to yeah. use it inside... Inside speed, so yeah, yeah something definitely trying to focus on. Yeah, and anything you're looking to improve on in particular? With my... Oh, just with testing, with your game, um, anything like that? Oh, trying to become a better contested mark. Right. So trying to utilise that a bit more this year. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. And have you set any goals coming into the year? Um, oh, not, not overall. Just going to try and play some good footy and hopefully have some team success along yeah. with that. Absolutely. You had some good success last year, obviously, just falling short. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess as a team, who's... Who are the guys you look forward to playing with the most coming into the at year? At Oakley? Yeah, at Oakley. Um, oh, I always love playing with Matt Rowell, um, Dylan Williams, Nick Bryan, Trent Bianco, Lucas Westwood. Yeah, all some pretty good names. Yeah, so, yeah, and, um, you'll really you'll play name. with a few of them at Metro as well, but yeah, yeah. from the other clubs, who are some of the boys that you look forward to also uh, playing with? Um, oh, Jack Marnie from Sandringham, Josh Worrell, um, Emerson Jecker, 
Yeah, yeah some names like that. Yeah, yeah so sweet. Some all good right. players. And um, yeah, well, all the best, mate. That's no, all I've got. No, thanks, thanks for your time. Time to take a look at round three of the NAB League Boys Competition kicking off on Saturday morning at Trevor Barker Beach Oval with the Northern Knights taking on the Eastern Rangers. That match commencing at 9.45 in the morning. Up in Sydney, we have the Battle of the Bridge in the NAB League competition. GWS Giants taking on the Sydney Swans. Whilst up in Queensland at 12pm Victorian time, 11am Queensland time, we have the Lions and the Gold Coast Suns, but by far the match of the round, Pete, comes at 12.15 at Trevor Barker Beach Oval, the Sandringham Dragons taking on the Oakley Chargers. There's a lot of talent in this one. 100%. I think come year's end, we'll see probably, well, well into double figures of these players drafted, uh, potentially up to 15 or more players that could be in this game that could end up drafted there's lots of talent on both sides obviously we mentioned earlier about Noah Anderson Matt Rao you've got Dylan Williams and Trent Bianco there as well for charges as top end prospects while for the Dragons you've got your you know Josh Worrell Finn McGuinness Jack Marnie Ryan Burns has had a terrific season to date Charlie Dean stood up there's plenty of names there and they've certainly I think Sandringham have the better tools where Oakley have that stronger, I guess, top-end talent in midfield and, and the Dragons, of course, have, I think, the better depth towards the end. Yeah, based on percentage, I'm thinking Sandy, but I just want to think Oakley will get the job done this week. I think Sandringham, as you mentioned, Pete, they've got the mm. better depth and the old hoodie cliche, your bottom six are often the side that wins it, so I think I will go with them. To finish off Saturday in the NAB League, boys, we have the Cola Cannons and Western Jets out at Rams Arena. That match to kick off at 3.30. On Sunday, we have a triple header up at the beautiful Bendigo's Queen Elizabeth Oval. And the Pioneers, can they get three from three against the Gippsland Power, who they defeated last year in the middle of the year when the Power was sitting second on the ladder? Yeah, I think uh, this will be the end of their winning streak, although I think it will be a terrific game. I just rate Gippsland very highly. I think they've only just been sort of going at the moment. I think they've got another level to get to, and certainly with the likes of Sam Flanders and now uh, Caleb Sarong back after a week um, off in round one. He played okay last week, and he's going to be better for the run this week. And then you've got plenty of others who've performed strongly. Ryan Sparks has been terrific this season. Brock Smith's been consistent in defence and, and Josh Smith up forward. I think they've just got a bit more about them, although the Pioneers midfield will certainly give them a bit of a shake and give them a challenge. But around the ground, Gippsland, and I think Gippsland will get the job done. I'm going Bendigo. I'm not sure whether I'm their good luck charm tipping them both weeks or they're my good luck charm winning me the tips both weeks. So yeah, I'm going Bendigo this week. Keep it consistent. I'm a uh, romantic type of person when it comes to football. I want to see the Bendigos go, Bendigo Pioneers go three from three. I think they can do it. I think they've shown some good form in the early part of the season, as you said. Power are just going at the moment. Um, so Pioneers, for me, the second game of this triple header is also intriguing. The Dandenong Stingrays up against the Geelong Falcons. Yeah, it's going to be interesting in this game. The Stingrays have got away with a couple of narrow wins where the Falcons have been unlucky in round two. They uh, fell away in the final term and lost by a point to the Rebels, so they probably should be 1-1, one and one, but Stingrays could easily have been 0-2, but they're 2-zip. and zip. Uh, I do think that Geelong will give them a real challenge here, although behind uh, Gippsland and Murray, I had Dandenong as the next highest 
country team. So I do think that Danny Nong will get the job done in an absolute thriller. I'm going to go Geelong this time. I, they're sitting fairly low on the ladder, but they have it in them, I reckon. <laughs> Bounce back after a <laughs> poor two rounds. Stingrays, for me, have shown an ability to get over the line when it matters. So I think they will get the job done against the Falcons, who I'm a little bit nervous about, Pete, given their poor start to the season. Uh, also, to complete round three, we have the Northern Territory Thunder up against the Tasmania Devils, that game at the Holden Centre at Olympic Park, kicking off at one o'clock. And the final game of the triple header up in Bendigo, we have the Murray Bush Rangers taking on the GWV Rebels, that match kicking off at three o'clock. And a reminder that Daylight Savings finishes this weekend. So just in case she watches her out, or my alarm's not correct when it comes to that early morning start in Bendigo. Uh, that's it for this edition of the Final Siren podcast. Thank you very much, Sophie. Thank you. Pete. Yep. Thanks, good to be here. <laughs> Sounds so enthralling. Where can we go for further information? You can go to afl.draftcentral.com.au uh, for all your footy news or netball.draftcentral.com.au for your netball and same for basketball dot draftcentral.com.au for basketball. Otherwise, the socials are Instagram, Facebook and Twitter, Draft Central Oz, A-U-S, and you'll find everything there. And I'm Matthew Cox, who got the running sheet around the wrong way for that. Uh, thanks very much for your company here on the Final Siren podcast. We look forward to your company next week.